This is Unfinished Business, a weekly discussion show about the business end. The sharp end, some might say, of design and creative industries. The show is hosted by me, I'm Andy Clark, and my co-host, Anna Demelin. Hi, Anna. Hello. I'd like to say thanks to our fantastic first sponsor, that's Perch. That's the content management system to use when you don't want the trouble or expense of setting up a big, complex CMS. It can help you turn around small projects quicker, making them more profitable. I know it has with my business. And we'll talk about Perch more later in the show. This is episode one, Anna. Yes. A bit like comic books. You know what we should do? We should save two copies of the audio file and then just listen to one and then put the other one away in case it's worth more in the future. That's a great idea. We should do that. People don't do that with podcasts, but I think we should, this is the first. What we should do is we should introduce ourselves, I suppose. I guess, I guess we should do that. People don't know who we are. I'm Andy Clark, and I'm a designer based up here in North Wales. I run a little business called Stuff and Nonsense. We are three now. Me, my wife, and our new designer who started last week. Actually, that's the first first for us. We've we've fifteen years, and we've never had an employee. So that's new. And we design websites. That's our business. We design websites for nice people. Lovely websites. Oh, thank you very much. And. Along the way, I speak at conferences, or have done in the past, and uh, I've written a couple of books too, uh, Transcending CSS and Hardboiled Web Design was the last one, available from all good, reputable bookstores and some others. What do you do, Anna? Uh, Not quite as much as you do. Uh, So I'm a freelance front-end developer. I'm based in Brighton, which is um, kind of the other side of the country. Um, it's right next to the sea and I do quite a bit of work in the education sector uh, so universities and I've been going into schools and doing stuff with them and at the moment I'm kind of obsessed with uh, game console browsers so the how people how people browse the web on, on a console and what sort of implications that has um, and I've been doing a bit of speaking about that which is which is nice because it combines two two hobbies, um, two things I'm really interested in, uh, web development and game consoles. That's really cool. Do you know, we bought a Wii about three years ago for Christmas. You know when everybody was buying Wiis yeah. and I was starting to pile on the pounds a little bit. So we thought, I just, we won't just buy the Wii. We'll buy the whole thing with the, what is it, the balance board and stuff, the Wii Fit thing. Mm-hmm. and anyway so we plugged it all in and had a couple of games of ping pong and that was it I didn't touch the thing again <laughs> for like three years and then when I quit smoking and I really got fat and I needed to uh, you know lose a bit of weight I thought oh, do you know what I'm not going to go to the gym I'll use that I'll use that Wii Fit thing <laughs> so I went on there to set up my profile and there was already a profile with my name on it on there and I'm like Oh, okay. So I carried on doing the whole kind of profile setup where you have to stand on the board and it weighs you and everything. And insults you. Yeah, and it says, congratulations, you've lost 18 stone. <laughs> and I'm like, what? So I, I said to, to Sue and Alex, what, 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 have you been on this thing? And what they'd done when they set it up was that they'd both stood. <laughs> they'd created me a profile and they both stood trying to balance, stay still <laughs> on this fit board thing. To create me a profile that was like 36 stone or something. I don't know what it was. That's so mean. I know. 
But I, 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 unlike you, I don't do games consoles. I, I play Street Fighter 2 a lot on my iPhone because that's what I used to play when I had a Super Nintendo years ago. It's nice that all these sort of old games are coming back. I'd love to have some of those old Super Nintendo games and Game Boy games and stuff on my phone. I mean, I know that I could probably get them through some Nintendo thing, but it would just be so nice if you could just have them on your phone. Yeah. There's already a few out things like Final Fantasy. That, that's uh, Final Fantasy IV. That's that's come out for for iPhone. And, um, I had like Jen Simmons was talking about uh, Paperboy. I don't know if that rings a bell. But... I don't remember that. No. But I used to love my. I had a Game Boy, the, the original black and white Game Boy, which I've still got somewhere. I've still got one of them. Knocking about. I think the screens are, are the, like the covers broken off, so it's, I've just got like the LCD thing there now. But I used to love that thing. I always wanted one, <laughs> and then I finally got one. I was very happy. You could probably get decent examples of those things on eBay, I'd imagine. Oh yeah, I actually left it in um, Cliff's device lab um, to see if they. Get freaked out thinking it had a browser on it. That's really mean. <laughs> That's really mean. Jeremy from Clear Left, he says that Brighton's the centre of the universe, but I'm not so sure about that. One of the things that annoys me is that everybody that, that comes to the country that comes for conferences and things, they come to speak at conferences and they come into London and you say to your, you say to your friends, oh, are you going to be here for like an extra few days? And they go, yeah, what are you going to do? And they go, I'm going to go to Brighton. Well, so, obviously... But there are so many better, not better maybe, but there are so many other places in the UK that, that people should go to. You know, go to York or Newcastle or... Yeah, but they don't Dibral, have to see. Glasgow. Oh. I don't know what the fascination with this in Brian. I'm sure it's a very nice place, but... They, they, yeah, well, I was going to be coming down um, for the responsive conference in, uh, the responsive day out in, in March, but I'm not, unfortunately not coming down for that now. Um, so I think you're speaking at that, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> it should be good. I'm really disappointed that I'm not able to do it, but uh, I'll be watching the I'll be watching the the feedback online from the day. I don't know whether anybody's going to record any of the sessions. Oh, Drew is, yeah, uh, Drew McClellan, who who made Pert. He's uh, he's doing all the recording. Oh, that's fantastic because I know that he did that for Deconstruct, and those talks have just been. Um, on my iPod for ages. Yeah, so, there's loads of great audio from it. So I suppose what we should do is to talk about this show and why we're doing it and some of the topics that we're going to talk about in episodes coming up. So why are we doing it? Well, I've been listening to more and more podcasts over the last couple of years. I mean, I listen to podcasts now instead of listening to radio in the car. Mm. And and I don't do a lot of driving, you know, I don't, I tend to, you know, I work from home, so I don't have a, a commute. So I'm not sat on a train or sat in the car for, you know, a couple of hours every day. But when I do get in the car, I mean, like today I had to take my Honda in for new tyres and brakes. <laughs> that was expensive. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I stuck on something from 5x5 five five just on the way. And it's like listening to Radio 4 to me. So I used to listen to, you know, Radio 4 all the time. Um and there's a lot of good podcasts out there. I, I listen to as much as I can, you know, get my ears on. But there's and there's so many good things about. But they're predominantly talking about, certainly as far as web web stuff goes, 
about the technical aspects or the design aspects and nobody really talks about the business side of things i think maybe they're scared it would be boring well yeah i mean i can understand that a little bit i mean i i don't find business boring um and i'm and i'm not a, a businessman by background but i suppose some people might find it yeah some people might find that stuff boring and it's also kind of there's all there's like a taboo almost about business subjects isn't there so I mean, I know uh, our friend Cole Henley put together this kind of anonymous uh, survey for freelance rates uh, a few weeks ago, and you know the whole idea about it, how much you charge. Nobody really talks about that. Nobody shares that. How and that means that it might be quite hard for somebody coming into the industry or somebody going freelance, perhaps who's had a job, to figure out how much they're going to charge. So those kind of things, I think it's really important to talk about. And there's other aspects of, of doing business that, again, it's, I think it's really important that we, that we talk about and share experiences too. And, whether mistakes. It, and mistakes. I mean, I, I started this business, Stuff for Nonsense, 15 years ago now. And we didn't set out to you know to to grow a business i mean like i said sue our new designer is the first employee that we've had in 15 years so we never set out to be one of these companies that you know defined ourselves by how many employees we had or you know how much turnover we did and stuff like that we, we basically it was just an accident we got we built the business by accident and along along the way, you're right. Along the way, you you make mistakes, and hopefully, you learn from them. And hopefully, the show will mean you don't have to make those mistakes. Well, yeah. I mean, one of the things I think we should point out is that you know we're not giving business advice here. You know, this is this is all completely anecdotal. You know, it's yours and and, and my experiences. And you know, if we get other people on the show too, I think that I'd like to hear from from. Uh, guests possibly as to what their experiences have been in different things you know how they've grown a business and how they've dealt with certain with certain issues so learning learning by learning learning by mistakes and learning by example i suppose i mean you you and i are very different in how long we've been doing this kind of stuff and and and, and how we we deal with it. how long have you been freelance now I think it's coming up to five years. I started as soon as I left school because I couldn't get um, I couldn't get a job because I didn't have any experience. Um, so I sort of started out on my own, thinking it would just be a temporary thing, but I really enjoyed it, and so I've just been carrying on. Did you ever want to get a job? Ah, uh, I think I thought I did, but um, I, I mean, I, I had part-time jobs while I was at school. And, um it's just I had these ideas of things that could be improved and I could never really implement them but with this it's a lot more you know if, if I don't like something I can change it straight away and I just I love that control um, and I love being kind of although it's really scary being responsible for your own fate I, I do really like it when it goes right it's interesting I've been working on this uh, project recently and it's 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 a big government thing. I can't say an awful lot more than that. And sometimes I go into this office and uh, 
there's teams of people and it's it's all one of these hot desking environments so you know you just find an empty seat and i was talking to this couple of uh, young young women uh last week and about what they did and and their background and stuff and they were both very newly out of uh out of university one had done a geography degree and one had done something else politics or whatever mm. and they were working for this big consultancy company who's hired me and i said what well, why did why did you why have you ended up here when you did you know geography and politics and i said because it's great for the it's great for my career mm-hmm. and all of a sudden it kind of hit me that for some people i suppose moving up that kind of traditional career ladder is what they want you know going from being you know junior to a analyst I think they call them in this company or consultant and then manager and then senior manager and then executive manager and all this kind of stuff you know people want this some people want this I never did I know I never I I was thinking about it afterwards I've never had a job where I could actually get a promotion (laughs) Oh, you can promote yourself, surely. Oh man, I don't want to end up like Jeremy and have have ridiculous job titles. <laughs> <laughs> I love how he does that. <laughs> yeah. But no, did did you never want that? Did that um, career? I haven't really thought about it. Um, I guess I always imagined it would be like that, but I haven't really thought of you know that this was kind of an accident. Um, I never really thought about running a business. It just, you know, I, I, I basically started out right in the recession and no one was taking on people. So this is basically, it was just something I had to do. Um, and yeah, it just, I just really enjoy it. And I talked to a lot of people who are working at companies who are thinking about freelancing. And, um, there is a bit of the grass is always greener, I think, you know, it would be nice to get a paycheck every month. Um, but, you know, it. I guess it depends on what sort of person you are. Yeah, I mean, I haven't had a job where I've been employed by somebody for, what is it now, 16 years. And I did this... I did this classic thing where I moved from job to job, you know, since when I, when I left art school. And it wasn't like, you know, every year, every two years, but I would, you know, I had a succession of jobs and I'd reach a point within that job where I wasn't happy and things weren't going so well. And um, whether it was, you know, financial stuff or other people in the business or whatever, um, there, there was always some kind of thing, problem or whatever that made me want to move on. And it wasn't until I started working for myself that I realized that None of these other things had been the problem in the past. The problem was me. <laughs> I was the problem. I was the awkward guy. I, I was the person that was terrible to work with. Um, it's an incentive for uh, <laughs> going freelance. <laughs> and, yeah. And I, and I suppose that, yeah, it, it works for me. Working for myself works works for me. That's not to say that I can carry on being horrible because <laughs> you know, I'm, we are very, I'm very nice to work with, really, when it comes to <laughs> hire me, please. But yeah, it's. I, I think you, you need to have a certain kind of outlook on what you do to to work for yourself. And 
you know, I think that unless you've gone to unless you've gone to business school to, you know, become a economist or you've done you know a management training course or god knows what else um most people and certainly most of the people that i know that run businesses really well you know a lot of our friends that that have great businesses they didn't go to business school either Mm. um it's a bit like parenthood you know nobody actually teaches you how to do it um you just kind of make it up as you go along and 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 i think that's that's what makes it fun that's what makes it interesting and everyone's everyone's making mistakes all the time as well. It's it's normal, and I think talking about them makes it easier for the people. Yeah, I mean, what I wanted to do with this show is I want it to be honest, and I don't want to hold anything back. Uh, so I know people don't talk about, for example, how much they charge or rates and stuff, and I want to I want to talk about that on the show, and. I know people don't often talk about what scares them in business and I I'm scared in business every day. So I want to talk about those kind of things too. And you know maybe we'll get some guests on and for specific topics, you know, people that have got experience in, you know, growing a small becoming going from freelance to becoming like a small business. Mm. You know, those kind of things fascinate me. You know, how do you make that jump from just being a guy or a girl on 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 their own? to all of a sudden having, you know, a bunch of people that you have to look after. Yeah. That kind of stuff. You know, at what point do you make the jump? And, you know, I've only just done it, and I couldn't have done it without talking to Paul Boak. Oh, yeah. I mean, I literally, I was on the fence going, you know, what do I do with this? I've got this opportunity, and I, and I could do this. And, you know, I phoned my friend. Like, who wants to be a millionaire? Actually, he'd be the last person that I called on who wants to be a millionaire <laughs> <laughs> I think Jeremy Jeremy Keith would probably be the person that I would want to call on who's want to be a millionaire I think I think he'd, he'd sort of call your leg a bit and be like wow yeah but he's <laughs> only got 30 seconds it's only 30 <laughs> seconds tell me which Star Wars character that was <laughs> so you know I, I I was able to to make a decision and do something different with this business because I talked to my friends and that's what I want the show to be about, yeah? Yeah. And we'll talk about some, some different business topics across the weeks. Uh, you know, talk, I think we should talk about freelancing. Mm-hmm. Um, we should talk about setting up a business. You know, it can be quite daunting, I know, for a lot of people when they're starting off. So we should talk about what you need and how you go about it and our experiences too. Because it really isn't that hard. It seems hard. And I guess it, it it's really... I mean, it wasn't so difficult for me because I didn't really have anything to lose. Um, but for people who are already in a secure job, um, they've got family to support, mortgage to pay. That's, that, that's really difficult. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, how much do you charge for things? Talk about that. Contracts, you know, I've, <laughs> I know it had to come at some point, but... I wrote that contract killer article. Was it 2009? I can't believe it. It's like four years ago. And I still get a huge amount of mail and tweets about that. So we'll talk about contracts too and why we need them and how to go about 
making them fun and making them part of your the way that you talk to clients about projects yeah and then you know maybe we'll talk about client stuff too um i don't think we'll have a fixed agenda if we listeners can send us tweets they can follow us now on um unfinished bz on twitter is it no unfinished bz if these are american <laughs> what do we do do we do we go for bz um bz in a terribly english way <laughs> yes <laughs> rather i refuse to say bz this is not 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 appropriate so if people want to suggest topics or they want to have um they want to ask some questions then they should hit us up on twitter at unfinished bz the bz is short for business oh man that's so clever <laughs> i love that this is the first time we've ever had i've ever done a a dot bz domain name i didn't even know they existed are they mainly used by people who wear suits do you know i don't know i went to hover.com which is a the place that i now register all of my domain names that's a bit of free sponsorship there by the way and um and 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 just type just typed in unfinished business and that was one of the ones that came back it was it was really easy to find speaking of sponsors what we should do is to talk about our fabulous sponsor for this first episode yes and that is perch you mentioned them before drew mcclellan and rachel andrew uh, set up this fantastic new little content management system for for projects where you don't want the hassle of or expense of setting up like a big complex CMS so you know if you want something which is really quick and easy for small projects then then purchase the thing for you I've used it on on several small projects and I really really love it I use it too I think I checked yesterday. I have about seven sites on it. Just love it. And we're using it for for our site here at um, unfinished.bz, where you can follow the show. But it per- purchase a, a wonderful little CMS. I mean, it it just does what I need it to do, and I know that it does what just what clients need it to do. You know, just for editing content. And nice it's as well. It's so easy. Yeah. Well, it's it's made with. PHP and, and MySQL so you can put it on your own server and you don't have to worry about any uptime issues um, like a hosted CMS and I think the best thing about Perch is that it's been designed by front-end developers for people like me for designers and, and front-end developers so there's nothing in there that I have to battle with there's no built-in markup that I have to erase and replace with my own I can just use my own HTML and CSS and JavaScript and Perch gets out of the way and it, it lets me and you build great websites. And their support's really good. They get back to me so quickly. Yeah, it's it's, it's a really, really great tool. It's a one-off license for Perch, £35 per website. And all the first-party add-ons are free, so the blog modules and other things that Drew and Rachel publish are all free you don't need to worry about ongoing costs yeah i think you should give perch a try go to grab slash unfinished um and buy a copy and let them know that we sent you do you know i'm gonna i got a new ape i can't resist it i've got to tell you this i got a new <laughs> ape what ape did you get it's 
a Hot Toys Gorilla Captain. No way. You really sounded so excited there <laughs> as if you knew what this was about. I have no idea. <laughs> okay. You know that I'm a big Planet of the, Na- Planet of the Apes nut, right? No, really? Yeah, okay. If you follow me on Twitter, you'll know, you'll, you might have picked up on this. So I've been collecting Planet of the Apes action figures for like the last year. And back in the, I think it was like the late 90s, this uh, Hong Kong company, Hot Toys, made three amazing gorillas from Planet of the Apes. And uh, they're, they're quite rare and they're ridiculously expensive. <laughs> And I've had this hole in my collection. I've had the the gorilla captain uh, missing for a little while. So anyway, I got it this week. I'll put a, I'll put a um, I'll put a link to my Instagram picture in the show notes. Love this thing. Have you seen Planet of the Apes? Um, I've seen the first one. You've seen the first, the nineteen sixty eight, the Heston one. Yeah, the Simpsons spoiled it for me. Uh, with the Dr. Zayas thing? Yeah. That's a shame. Do you know, I mean, I'm I'm not a big, as, as big a Planet of the, the Apes nut as some people. Do you know, Shane Ritchie, Shane Ritchie from EastEnders, he is the biggest Planet of the Apes nut in this country. He, he famously, he owns the cart that the gorillas put Charlton Heston in in the first movie. He spent like 20,000 quid drunk on this thing on eBay. That's incredibly sad. <laughs> I don't know what the hell what you do, do with, with it. it. Do you just have it in his like garage or something? Yeah, he has it. He's got, he, what was he telling me? He's got a barn and he just keeps it in the barn covered in, you know, squirrel shit or something. We can't say squirrels. <laughs> on, we can't say squirrels on this show, can we? He keeps it in a barn covered in squirrel poo. <laughs> And um, and that's that. I don't know what you do with it. So yeah, he's he's the biggest Planet of the Apes, not not me. But I I, I do like my action figures. What do you do with them? I pose them every Saturday. <laughs> every Saturday, I set them up in a new pose for the week, and I photograph them. God, that sounds sad, doesn't it? <laughs> And I've got some amazing posters too. Um, there was a set of posters that Mondo posters did uh, last year, which are all around my office. So my office is a, my studio is a, a shrine to, to apes at the moment. <laughs> so what I thought we'd talk about this week, um, it's been CES out in Las Vegas. Have you seen this on the news? Yeah, yeah, I've been following it quite a bit. I even saw this on um, on BBC. Rory Kettlin Jones was um, was ah, was yes, exactly. Was talking about um, all the new stuff at CES, and I know it kind of doesn't doesn't matter so much for anybody that's more focused maybe on Apple's ecosystem, but really interesting to see what's going on outside of that in terms of you know the stuff that we now have to design websites for. I mean, you know, it never used to be when CES started off. It never used to be um, anything other than, you know, really televisions and and stuff. Well, they had, um, wasn't it, a a mobile company open the show? 
Qualcomm. Yeah, for the first time. Did you see the keynote for this? <sighs> yes. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. I think Gruber linked to it on Daring Fireball. Um, strangest, strangest thing. I should put a little clip in. Okay. We should definitely put a link to that in the show notes. The thing I, the thing I saw was that there was an actress from um, the new Star Trek movie. Uh, they brought her on stage because apparently Qualcomm processors had been in some piece of technology they'd used to make the new movie. So they dragged this poor actor up on stage and the look on her face, it was like, why am I here? Her, you know, she had this big kind of fake smile and her eyes were crying. That's Get me out. The most cringeworthy thing. This, the opening bit as well was just horrific yeah, and there was a was it electric rolls royce or something they brought on at the end but okay. yeah it, 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 it's a big event i think it's diminishing um as a lot of these big shows do now i mean so much more of of ces is about software rather than hardware and but it but it's still really interesting to you know to see what's out there i've got some really weird devices out like that that massive tablet. I love that. Leno- the Lenovo Idea Station <laughs> Horizon. 27 inch. Who and comes- it costs £1,700. Um, is, is that a lot, though, for what that is? What is it? It's I'd, just- I'd bow, and if anybody's not seen this, we'll put some links in the show notes, but it's this massive 27 inch coffee table sized tablet. It's an Android thing, isn't it? Uh, oh, I don't know. I guess it must be. I, th- I saw from the, the video, again, put a link in the show notes, but from the video, it comes with a whole bunch of you know pre-built-in apps for, I think there's some games in there, and there's like a photo thing, and it's it's like a big-ass tablet with a, like a, with a, a stand and everything on the back. I just don't want to be behind the person who takes it to the gig and tries to take pictures on it. <laughs> Does it have a camera in the front? I need to look it at that. It must do. It must do. But it's a huge thing. And and I suppose the idea is that you just have one in your house and people pick it up and carry it around and lay it down and it's like I tell you what it reminded me of it reminded me of the original Microsoft Surface tablet, the table thing. Yeah. You know, moving pictures around and the fact that I think it can... I think that's how they were marketing it as well. It's kind of, you, you let it flat on the table and you kind of, you know, two people can use it. Did you ever use one of those big surfaces? No, um, my friend went to somewhere that had them, but there was just a big error message on the, on the screen. <laughs> Blue screen of death. Yeah. Now, there was one in a hotel... Um... We went to a conference in the States somewhere. It might have been Boston. I can't remember. And they had one in the lobby. And I, I mean, I think the idea with this thing is that, like the Surface, you just kind of have it lying around. And, you know, if the kids want to play games, they can play games. And if you want to share photos and, you know, share photos. And then you can pick this great big thing up and stick it under your arm. And carry it into the front room like the lady does in the video, and like have a Skype call. Every every device has to have a video call now on it. 
Did, but did you imagine dropping that thing? Imagine, like, skidding. <laughs> you probably would. Imagine it's really heavy. Yeah, I mean, you're like you're gonna take it into the kitchen because you're gonna put your recipes up on it or something, and you slip on a bit would of bacon. Would you call it a mobile device? Well, because it kind of is, but it's not really something you'd take like, on the train unless you buy an extra ticket because you'd be taking up two seats. No, yeah, we wouldn't. You, I don't think you'd take it out of the house. Um, because of fear of <laughs> looking like a complete burk, <laughs> for one thing. Um, but, you know, yeah, I mean, the interesting thing that I, about that, and it goes back to that whole kind of, you know, why we do responsive design thing, um, is, you know, people will use devices, maybe not this thing, but people will use devices like that to, you know, they'll stand it up and they'll be using it to access websites. Mm. Now, I'm not sure how many... I don't, I'm not sure what market share that thing would have to have before I needed to buy one for testing. <laughs> but, man, it, it illustrates the point. We, we, you don't know what people are going to use. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, partly the reason I buy so many consoles for testing is it's not, you know, how many people are using it now, but how many people are going to be using it in, say, a year's time. Well, that's my justification anyway. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've I've bought several things, and some 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 things have been worth spending the money on, and other things haven't. I bought uh, a Samsung Galaxy Tab, the temporary shaving mirror, the shaving. You have one of these things too. Yes. Yeah, it is. It's the most expensive shaving mirror I've ever bought, and what a complete waste of money that was. I I I just don't use it. Um, so. I mean, this 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 what kind of leads us onto the topic for today, really. I suppose with CES and everything else is, from a business point of view, how are you supposed to decide on which of these things you're going to buy? Mm. I mean, when it was all just just mobile, um, a lot of people were sort of buying mobile phones based on the viewport, and I think now we need to focus a lot more on getting a range of devices that vary depending on how you interact with them. So getting touch devices, um, having sort of gestural input devices as well, because I think that's getting getting more popular. Um, and sort of voice recognition devices as well. Um, I just think there's, there's so much more than the viewport. I, mean, I know I had an original uh, iPad 1. I never, I never did buy an iPad 2. Uh, or three so my and I wrote a blog post about this I didn't think I needed to buy the iPad mini it's the same resolution as the iPad one so why why would I need to buy another one was what I thought and actually to be honest I couldn't resist the I know I couldn't resist the shiny I wanted (laughs) to get one so I did and what a mistake I would have made by not buying one because just it, it's such a different experience holding it between you know, between the two sizes, mm-hmm. and that it's made a huge difference to how I might approach design now. Yeah. So, I think the the key thing really in deciding on what to buy is what you're going to get the most value out of for what it is that you do for a business. And for for me, I'm a designer, so I want to know how 
my designs look and feel on these different things. Mm-hmm. So it, it kind of doesn't. That's why why the the Samsung things was a waste of money. It doesn't tell me anything. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't tell me. It might be a slightly different shape, but it doesn't tell me anything more than the the regular iPad did. It's just the same as any other tablet, isn't it? Yeah. Um. I mean, you'd you'd want to if you're really worried about sort of bugs and specific um, use cases. But I feel like I've learned more from getting like a Nintendo DS and using the D-pad than I have using, say, an iPad or um, testing the device on five different smartphones. Like I went into uh, ClearLeft's Got a Device Lab where they've got about 20 different devices um, and lots and lots of different phones and I was just loading up site on that and it's like I, I, I could tell by the time I'd loaded it up say on the second smartphone what it was going to be like um, just having all those extra devices it just wasn't really necessary so you can learn pretty quickly as long as you get a sort of range range of devices and again you don't have to you don't have to get them all yourself you can sort of find out if there's a device hub near you that you can that you can sort of pop into one day and try things out, and even just spending an hour or so with lots of different devices, just browsing the web, or even taking one home to try out over the weekend and actually using it as your main device, you, you'll learn so much. I mean, you're really lucky having that clear left lab nearby. Yeah, it's, um, it's really handy. And it's nice that they, they open up for, for anyone to come in and, and just test things. Yeah, no, that's that's a really lovely thing to do. Um, but, I mean, what what do people do? What what do businesses like like mine do? Um, well, you know, when we're 500 miles away um, from, from anything like that. It's, I think, you have to have some things. So from a design point of view, I have to have some devices. Yeah. And... For me, at least, it's about getting devices that, like you mentioned, give give me a different experience about how people interact with them. Yeah, and it, and it doesn't matter really. You know, you you mentioned bugs and and stuff. You know, to be honest, I don't I don't care about bugs because <laughs> from a design point of view, I don't care whether that menu works in some old ancient version of Android because I'm you know my responsibility is design. When it gets to testing, when you know when the app's built or the website's built finally, that's when it's my problem. That's, <laughs> that's when it's your problem. <laughs> so, I mean, I can't. I, I need to actually tot up. This is one of the things that I do really badly from a business point of view. Is I don't have a hardware budget, and I think this is one of the things that that I want to change now that we've, we're getting a little bit more serious about the business now with, with the, with the new designer on board mm-hmm. is actually figuring out uh, some kind of budget for, for hardware, for devices in particular. And you know, all of these things are tax deductible, aren't they? Yeah. But I mean, it, if you do something like get a TV to do browser testing on, that's pretty much eating, eating up your whole budget. Yeah, I, mean, I, I don't know. I haven't bought a TV for for a few years. They've got they've got apps on them now. Yeah, we have a. They got one, and it had a a calculator app. We have a Samsung so called smart TV, and 
I only know that it's a smart TV because it says it every time I turn it on. <laughs> but I don't think I've ever used any apps on there. Yeah. I'm just wondering what, in what scenario you'd need to use a calculator app on your TV. Yeah, I can't think of one. Probably just, yeah. Oh, it, we can put it in, so we will. Do you know the first thing that I would do if I was designing a new TV? I'd design the remote control first. Oh, God, yeah. I was using, um, so I've got a Google TV, which is a little Vizio thing, and it's got this remote on it that on one side has sort of trackpad and all these buttons, and on the other side you've got like a keyboard. And I was just trying to, <laughs> I was trying to use it, and my fingers kept hitting the buttons on the other side. It's just so many buttons. Um, and yeah, they, I thought these remotes would be getting more and more simple, but actually they're, they're, they're just trying to throw in things like trackpads and keyboards. and it, It's quite it's quite something. Yeah, I, I just, I think I'd probably use something like iPlayer on my TV, but I can't imagine actually wanting to do too much, you know, yeah. on, on the TV. But yeah, I mean, I mean these, these things are expensive. I mean... Would you want to have one in? Would you want to have one in your studio just for testing? Mm, probably not. <laughs> I mean, that's what Clear Left have done. They've they've got a TV for testing, and that's that one is interesting. That's that does voice recognition, and so you can you can tell the TV to turn off while someone's watching something, which is quite fun. I've seen people trying to uh, interact with those TVs that you can wave at the kind of hand oh, yeah. activated things. Yeah, I've, I've got a connect, and I was testing that out. It's quite fun. It, it can tell what a hand is, except once I tried it and it got it wrong, and it thought my elbow was a hand, and I had to I had to navigate a site using using my elbows. Yeah, that's easy done. Yeah, but I think from from our point of view, from 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 a business side of things, we don't we don't want to be just buying stuff that's going to gather dust. You know, I don't want to be buying too many more expensive shaving mirrors. I mean, I had—I think I had a narrow escape with the new Microsoft Surface because I was determined that I was going to buy one of these things. Mm. It's like I had it in my head, and I had it in my head so firmly that I was, you know, on the pre-order day, I had the the, the web page up, I had one in my basket, and I was at thirty seconds away from buying it. And I don't—I made some kind of mistake and. I'd ended up with two smart covers or type covers or whatever they are. You know, they've, they've got that really cool yeah. keyboard cover thing. Anyway, I wanted one and I'd put two in there. And it was just that, that little bit of friction where I had to kind of somehow edit my cart and take one of these 90 quid things out. And just, just that thing, just that bit of friction was like, ah! and, I, and I just closed the browser. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think I had a narrow escape there. Because I think that it would just have been another expensive, you know, 500 quid bit of metal and glass that sits on my desk. Yeah. Um, but I so wanted... I, the reason I bought that Samsung tablet originally was because I, I didn't have any experience of Android. Mm. And I really, really want to get a Windows 8 thing. Yeah. And I th the phones. Yeah, well, I thought the tablet would be the thing to get, but that Surface, I, I, I don't... Maybe I've I should... tried using one. It's, there's one in the device app, and it, it's really frustrating because <laughs> uh, there's so many different gestures you can do, and you're constantly doing the wrong one. And, oh. 
Maybe I should get a phone. Maybe I should get an off-contract Windows phone. Yeah, the Nokia ones look really nice. Yeah, mm. I know Trent Walton just loves his. He's my design hero. <laughs> he is. I have a crush on Trent Walton. A man crush. <laughs> He's my hero. My hero. He thinks I'm completely barking mad because um, when I bought my Apes posters they off eBay, they wouldn't ship to the UK. So um, we were going to be going to Austin for a conference and that's where Trent lives. He lives nearby. So I had the eBay people ship my posters to Trent. And he's like, what the hell are these things? But he loves his Windows phone. These Windows 8 phone. I, sh I, th I should get one of these things. I was told the other day. As a main phone. But, yeah. I don't know whether I could use, use one as my main phone, but I certainly think that I should have one for... Um, I wouldn't say for testing. I want. I want. I like to have devices that I can put my designs on, and then you think and and see how the how the device molds the design in different ways. Yeah. And that's that's why I've always said. We should get a Wii U for that. Yeah, yeah. No, I really should. I don't know enough about games console stuff to even make a stab at it. You should get one. <laughs> Yeah, as long as I can play Super, not Super, Street Fighter 2, I'm going to be happy. But I think from a, from a budgeting point of view, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, because I'll need to know how much I can spend. Mm. I'm going to set a kind of a, I don't know, a couple of thousand pound a year. I mean, there's regular hardware that we have to buy, obviously, you know, we have to buy new Macs and, you know, stuff that goes with it, working equipment. It seems to be that I, I don't remember ever having to think about buying lots of devices before. I think it's quite a quite a shock for for people to suddenly find themselves where they where they're in a situation where they have to do that. Yeah. I mean we we set up Sue with a with a brand new MacBook Air and, you know, other stuff when she started a couple of weeks ago. And you know, you can set up a new employee you know, with all the hardware and software, because all the source software is on subscription now. It's all kind of creative cloud stuff. Mm. So you can set somebody up really cheaply for, you know, regular hardware. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. In the past, that was it. You didn't have to worry about anything else. You know, you might have to buy a new printer once in a blue moon, but kind of that was... Yeah. I think we've I think we've been through like three printers in 15 years. It was one of the attractions for me starting out because I, I didn't have to buy lots of equipment. All I, all I had was my computer. Um, I think for people starting out now, it's it's a lot more difficult. Cause suddenly, they have to consider all these different devices, and um, as soon as something new comes out, it's kind of people are people are asking if their site will work in that. And yeah, it's it it's difficult for people starting out now. Well, I think from from an established business point of view, I think having having a budget is you know I'm, I'm going to have to otherwise I just buy everything, yeah. and that's not going to be any good. Um, so where do where do people start? You know, let's just let's just assume for a minute that you know everybody's got a Mac or PC and a phone. Mm. You know, it doesn't matter whether they've got an Android phone or a Windows phone or an iPhone or whatever. But you know, they've got a phone and they've got they've got a PC or a Mac. What's next? Well, if they have a like an Android phone, get an iPhone. 
Um, if you have an iPhone, get an Android phone. Wouldn't you get an iPod Touch? If you had an Android phone, wouldn't you not just get an iPod Touch? Yeah, yeah, even, even better. Cheaper. Um, but it's all about, like you were saying, it's all about how it feels. It's about kind of tactile. And there's, there's things that um, I've seen a lot of people do in response to touch. Um, when you're scrolling a web page, you can accidentally touch something and it opens up a link. Um, but now I've seen people say, say if they've got a big map on their page, they'll add a, a sort of gutter to the right um, where you can scroll and you won't accidentally activate it. So there's there's a lot of things you can um, that really help when you when you get a different device and you kind of see how much how much tolerance it has. Um, I've been figuring some of that stuff out recently. How far do things have to be away from the top of, let's say, a, a smartphone screen, yeah. so that you don't keep consist continually pulling down notification center all the time yeah. and also icons i mean uh, a lot of people are using um using icons that kind of conflict with system icons so the phone's icons yeah um, and it gets a bit confusing because then you have two of the same icons on the screen and they do different things i don't think it's necessarily the case that people have to buy you know one of everything no um because, you know, what if you, if you wanted one of each phone, if you wanted, let's say, an iPhone and an Android phone and a Windows 8 phone now, you know, even off contract, you're looking at, what, £1,800 there. Mm. If you imagine that's like five or £600 per unit. Um, that's a non-starter, really, isn't it? Because how often would you have to replace those? Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, every, what, two... You can or... get them... You don't have to get them new. I mean, I get... I get a lot of things uh, just off Amazon second hand and like I've got a, a PS Vita which I was testing and uh, it, um, it was really cheap because it had a dead pixel on it and it's like that doesn't really matter to me because I'm not using it for fun stuff I'm just using it for testing so having a dead pixel on the screen makes it a lot more affordable um, and uh, yeah it's, it just doesn't matter I'd love to be able to lease these things somehow. Oh, yeah. Someone's got to set up a business. Maybe it's us. Maybe we should do this. <laughs> so get somebody to provide the capital. But, um, yeah, I mean, to, to, to be able to pay, I don't know, like a monthly subscription or something, you know, a monthly fee, and you just get a bunch of things. You know, Or maybe maybe some kind of rental, you know, where you can have, like, like DVDs used to be, you know, you can have, like, three out at one time. That would be cool, because you only need them sort of. If you if you're doing a a project, often you only need them for like a a day, every few weeks. And it, it is sad when they sort of collect dust in the drawer. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's it, it's such a waste. I mean, not just a waste of money, but you know, environmentally and everything else. Yeah. Just to just to have something and and let it gather just in a drawer it's such a shame yeah so yeah free business idea uh, netflix for devices i think that's a sound idea tablet tablet wise i was wrong about about not getting the ipad mini um i'm so i so love my ipad mini now it's the one that i'll, I'll put it in my bag and take it i, I stopped using an ipad you know i had one mm. and it became a testing device, and I and I just didn't use it personally. Um, maybe I'd go to bed and watch a movie sometimes on it or TV show on, but that would be about it once in a blue moon. Yeah. Whereas I mean, this, the mini, I take everywhere. Your phone. 
Sorry? Why would you use it when you've got your phone right next to you? Well, yeah, but there is something... To, I've been reading a lot of comics on my iPad Mini. I got hooked on reading The Walking Dead again. So that's definitely on my list. I would definitely have one of those things. Um, I've got a Nexus 7 tablet, which is, I think, the best thing if you want to... If, you know, if you've never had an experience of Android yeah. and, and you're looking to see what you know, what it feels like inside that kind of Android ecosystem, um, I reckon that the, the Nexus 7 is the best place to start. Or maybe the phone. They've got a new LG phone out, I saw. And do you know what? I wonder what else people really need. Console? You see, this is something that I don't know anything about. So, where where would we start? What's 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 the thing to have? I think the Wii U is a good device to have. Um, it's a, it's got a really good browser in it, and I think that means that more people are going to be using it. I, I wrote a, an article for Twenty Four Ways uh, for, over Christmas, and it's it, it it's just just so different to what's out there at the moment in in the console market. I mean. It's really clever in the way that it you can. Uh, it's, it's basically a first mainstream second screen device, so you can you can be browsing the web on on the little screen and it shows up on the TV screen, and you can do things like you can play a video and then that plays on the TV screen and then you can carry on browsing and queue up another video and then play that. It's just really clever. I really like it. Cool. We should put a link to your article in the show notes. Okay. What's what's the browser? in that is do you know what it's based on it's a, a netfront browser what's the rendering engine webkit ah okay it's got a good um html5 and css3 score compared to the other browsers it's sort of um just way ahead of the other ones is that a new thing having webkit in those devices didn't um, opera maybe. used to be yeah, it used to be, so the Wii used to have, um, well, it still does have Opera uh, and some of the older DS devices, but then they switched to Net, uh, Netfront, which used WebKit. Um, and it used to be really bad, but then they started updating it and now it's just, it's really good because they've got a lot more um, sort of processing capabilities, they've got more memory. So before it, they were trying to basically cram a browser into this device that doesn't really handle browsers that well but now it's got a lot more focus on it so it's it's fast it's really fast the other ones are slow and kind of frustrating to use but this this is really nice how does the rendering compare to other things that run webkit i know there isn't people think oh webkit's the same thing all over it isn't um how does it compare with you know a mainstream chrome or safari i'd say it's coming up to comparing with desktop browsers certainly in the Wii U before they were kind of on par with old uh, old phone browsers but now it's now it's you know starting to compare to desktop are you have you considered doing any kind of uh, workshop or events talking about games consoles because that would be something I'd love I'd come down to that I'd pay I'd put my money down and come down to something like that not really I mean I'm doing a couple of talks on it, but I don't know what I'd say. You know, it's I'm I'm just kind of repeating what I've learned from them, but I I don't really have any any advice. You know, 
um, like saying here's how to here's how to design a website. Now we've got this. Um, I think it'd be fascinating. I know we're getting off topic, but I think it'd be really fascinating to to take a design, so, you know, something that maybe you know somebody in the audience or whatever has worked on that they've brought in to the to the workshop, and see how that be performs on on that Wii U browser and others. Yeah. I've taken, I've taken lots of screenshots, so but you can't really experience it so much. Yeah, and that's the thing, isn't it? It's finding out how people interact with the site and what changes would I have to make Yeah. to make it perform really well and be really usable on a, on a games console. You should consider that. I'd come down to that. <laughs> I'd come down to that in Brighton. God. Oh, God. <laughs> The heavens open and the like, skiver, <laughs> chasm in the earth appears whenever I talk about Brighton. No, I'd come down to that. I think, that's, I think that you should consider doing something like that. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I've got real work. Yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> so how much is one of those things now? How much is it, one of those we use? Uh, I can't remember. Uh, it's, they're, not, they're not terribly cheap, um, but... I think it's a couple of hundred. Okay, so no more expensive than buying like a mid-range tablet. No, I'm saying, and and it's useful as well. I mean, it's got you can, uh, it's got a TV remote on it, so you can use that as your TV remote, and you can play games on it while while the TV is off. So if someone wants to watch TV and you want to play a game, you can play it on your little screen. Right. Yeah, I think I'm. I think I'm going to get one of these. Can you just get them? It's not like. Yeah. When it it's not like when it's Christmas and the Wii was first out and like the, these things are like gold dust, you can just pick them up anywhere. Yeah, it's easy to get them here. I think in America they sold out, but here I was just able to pre-order one and it's fine. Oh, cool. And they've got like a they've got a sort of deluxe version and and a cheap version. I've got a cheap version. What do you get for deluxe? Uh, it's a different color and you get uh, you get like a docking station. It's not really any different. I think maybe the you get a bit more memory, uh, like an like a big hard drive. But yeah, since I'm only using it for browser testing. Yeah, it doesn't sound like I want to spend it. I'm going to look into that. Cool. Oh, and you can transfer you can transfer all your Wii games uh, onto it. And all your kind of your scores and stuff. Oh, what about my thirty-six stone <laughs> profile? Yeah, you can do that too. Fine, because I want to be a really fat guy on the Wii, <laughs> as well as in real life. <laughs> do, so, you have a, do you have a gamer tag? I don't have a gamer tag. Come on, this is me we're talking about. What's a gamer tag? <laughs> it's your name, so people can find you. Oh, no, I don't want people to find me. It's bad, <laughs> enough, with, bad enough with Twitter. I bet it's malarkey. No, it certainly wouldn't be. Certainly wouldn't be. <laughs> so that's been good. I've learned something about that. I think um, it's it's an interesting time to be working in this industry. And it's scary, but it's it's challenging. It's just fun. And and we've we've talked a lot about you know the technical kind of things, you know, and how we're going to be working with these kind of devices. But you know, from a business point of view. We also figure out how we're going to pay for them too. I mean, what do you? What would you think? Um, you know, would you think that designing and testing against these devices is something that we charge extra for going forward? I don't, I don't think so. I, I think it's part of our job. 
So how? So essentially, these things that we have to buy, they're just it, it's a, it's a cost of doing business, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it, it depends how far you want to go. If you've got, um, you know, a project where they say we it needs to work really well on these devices, and um, uh, yeah, it does depend on the project. But I'd say just generally, it's just something that you have to do as part of your job, like accessibility. Um, you've got to consider how people are going to use it on different devices because the web isn't stuck to desktop now. No, I mean, I think if somebody came along with a very specific set of requirements, I mean, it doesn't happen to me often, but if somebody said that they needed to make sure that the site that I was designing performed well and was tested well on, I don't know, ancient old Blackberries Mm -hmm. or, you know, Blackberry Playbook or something like that, uh, I might consider that those devices if it's kind of outside the mainstream i'd have to consider building building that cost into the the cost of the job yeah especially if i wasn't going to use them for anything else um but yeah i agree with you i think it's just something that we have to do now mm. and you know the web's not the web's not just one canvas anymore you know we have to we have to use these things and you know that's what's that's what's been so interesting i think about ces this this year um it's not just that, that stupid big tablet <laughs> um there's you know, a lot of weird devices that have come out of that yeah there is a lot of weird devices but you know the the bit the big thing and we touched on this earlier on but the the big thing you know windows 8 was all over c8 you know every you know every pc is going to have some kind of touch enabled thing so yeah. capabilities going forward um so we have to deal with it you know you can't stick your head in the sand anymore yeah. i think that's a show i think that's a show too i think that i've really enjoyed that um, do, you to, uh, do you want to button it up yeah we should um <laughs> people have been saying that to me for years <laughs> button it up andrew <laughs> I think we just need to tell people you can ask questions and suggest topics to us at uh, unfinished.bz is our uh, domain. And we're on Twitter as well, unfinished, at unfinished.bz. BZ. No, BZ sounds terrible. And you can follow me. I'm Andy and I'm at Malarkey on Twitter. And uh, you're Anna underscore Debenham. Man, I bet that underscore just just annoys you every time you have to say it yeah <laughs> can you not get anna debenham without the underscore not anymore i uh i left it too late Duh. I, for years i it didn't bother me and then the day i wanted it someone someone took it so at malarkey and at anna underscore debenham on twitter are you on app.net too no. okay i'm at malarkey on app.net but I, I doubt that i'm going to be I, i'm not going to be paying for my subscription next year i don't use the thing but you can you know i'm on there if you want to find me and thanks a lot thanks again to our fantastic first sponsor perch that little content management system that you should use when you don't want the trouble or expense of setting up a big complex cms so if you want to support the show by supporting them you can go to grabaperch.com slash unfinished and Everybody will be happy.
I'm going to have a sip of tea before I get on and do this. And I'm probably going to fluff this beginning bit too. Yeah, so. Don't laugh. Okay. Shh, shh, shh. So I'm Andy Clark and I'm a developer. No, I'm not. What am I talking about? What a moron. You can, you can edit this. You're the developer. Okay, yeah. Okay, well, we'll edit this bit out. Um, so I'm Andy Clark. I'm a designer based up in the, the north of England. Actually, I'm not. I'm based in North Wales. That would really freak out the Welsh people. <laughs> I can't even say who I am. 